Welcome to Content Etc, a podcast to help you work through the challenges of marketing your creative small business. I'm your host, journalist and copywriter Michelle Gately from Word by Word Storytelling. I want to help you feel really excited about the content marketing process so you can feel confident in it and know that it's not just something else to cross off your to-do list. I'm all about the gentle and sustainable growth, so if you're after quick hacks and one-size-fits-all templates, then this is not the place for you. My mission is to help you create content marketing that's actually interesting, feels and sounds authentic, not just like a sales robot, and has just a little sprinkle of strategic magic. I want to help you feel really great about your content so that you can show your dream clients why you're their perfect match. Let's get started. Hello, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. This is the first episode of Content Etc. in several years that I am recording from England, which is quite exciting. So you will have seen in my media update that we were moving overseas, um, which I didn't actually post until after we'd moved. So, um, yeah, I just completely overestimated how much stuff I could do um, with an international move and, spoiler alert, I did not do all the things. Um, The interviews that I've been sharing this season have been wonderful and I'm so grateful to the lovely business owners who've given up their time. So many of them have been waiting so long for me to actually release their episodes. It's becoming a terrible habit of mine to record something and then not release it for months. But the things we talk about are quite timeless, I think. So um, I really appreciate the patience with that. And I've got some really good episodes still to come that I recorded earlier in the year with some wonderful guests and a couple more um, that I'm hoping to record soon. So I wanted to share though more solo episodes and I do love getting on the mic and chatting and I love listening to episodes like that from other creatives and sort of hearing them chat about things and this episode wasn't something that I had planned out. So I have a big list of things that I think I could cover in podcast episodes and a lot of it is like sharing information, you know, how to do certain things. Um But also the power of podcasting, I think, is that it can feel like a bit of a conversation. It's kind of a one-sided conversation, obviously. Um, And, you know, it is just me talking into a microphone, but I do think it feels a bit more conversational. And that's that's the wonderful thing about it. It's a little bit more off the cuff than like a video. Um, And, you know, for context... I have taken my dog Percy for a walk this morning. Um, I'm still all sweaty and I'm sitting here recording this. I couldn't do that if it was video. So that's a little bit of context about how I'm recording this episode. Anyway, I wanted to share in this episode how it's felt to sort of fully submerse myself in the business and the business world again Um, especially in the UK, because it did not feel the same in Australia, especially not the part of Australia that I was from. And I was never doing it full time there. And it was just very different. Even when I was doing business stuff there, it was still sort of semi part of the UK business world. Um, So it's been interesting to sort of come back to that. And in a lot of ways, it's been great, but it's brought up a lot of different feelings for me. Um, And, 
you know, I'll be transparent and say here that I'm not very busy at the moment, apart from the fact that obviously our life was taken up with a lot of moving overseas admin. Um, And then once we got here, you know, we did take a break while my husband Jack wasn't at work before he started his new job. You know, we took that chance to enjoy time off together, exploring this new place. We went to a friend's wedding. We had a little holiday. And then, you know, when we did get the keys to our new house, I was busy building flat packs and stuff. So it's sort of only been like the last few weeks that I've actually been able to feel like I'm doing business stuff again. Um, And I haven't worked on my business in months and months. Like I said, I didn't do it full time in Australia. And so I couldn't give it a lot of attention. All I was doing was really sending regular notes from the margins emails, um, which of course you can sign up to in the show notes and lots of little quick copy tips in your email every week and some stories from me. And I did some occasional power hours with some really lovely clients and that was great, but it's been really interesting to sort of go back into it. And it's not something that I want to do full time. I will be honest and say, I would love some part-time work. Um, Just a couple of days a week. I think it helps when you are working from home for some of the week to then have some sort of part-time job where you get that social interaction and stuff like that. Um, And I think it's hard for me to be living back here and remember that we're not in lockdown anymore because we moved from England at the end of the third lockdown and the, the world hadn't fully reopened again. So I would love to sort of do something part-time out of the house where I still get that sort of connection because I really enjoyed being a journalist at ABC and being in an office again and, you know, having cake for people's birthdays and having that like chats about TV shows. And that was really nice. So I, I think a blend of the two for me is what will work. I don't think being full-time in my business is best for my mental health, but that's just me. Anyway, all of that to say, I'm not swamped with clients at the moment. And so work for me looks mostly like working on my own marketing, a lot of long-term stuff, writing emails, recording podcast episodes like this, um, and, you know, dipping my toes back into social media. And that's the thing that I guess has brought up the most feelings and what I wanted to chat a bit about before I share some thoughts with you. Um, Because the thing with being not very busy and being home all day is that I have a terrible habit of getting sucked into Instagram. And after so much time away from the sort of business bubble, it's been weird to go back to on a daily basis. And I know that that's an area that I sort of want to work on myself and I'm the only one that can sort of do that. Um, but I've made it, I've noticed it's made me feel like I need to do things faster. I need to post more. I need to share more. I need to keep up with, in inverted quotes, everyone else, even though I know in my heart that what I really want is to build a business and a marketing strategy. That means I don't feel this pressing need to be online all the time, Um, at least not for my business, you know, my own personal addiction to (laughs) scrolling for funny pug videos is completely aside. Um, 
But more importantly, I don't want to feel like I need to capture every moment of my day for the purposes of content. And like absolutely no shade or judgment if that's what you want to do in your business and it feels good. But for me, I've just noticed that being away, it doesn't feel good going back to it. And for context, this isn't just me talking about business. This is also me reflecting on nearly a decade of content creation because I was reviewing books and blogging well before I started my business. And as I said, I started that blog. I started my blog in 2012, but I didn't get Instagram until 2013. Um, So it probably has been about a decade of me like doing that. Um, And at times it started to feel like I was doing things purely for the content opportunities, the shots, and I just don't want to do that anymore. I want to enjoy, (laughs) enjoy my life and not worry about that stuff. And equally, evergreen marketing, like podcasting, like blogging and like email can sometimes make you feel like you're not getting anywhere, like no one's listening, especially if you have a, a small audience, which, you know, I do. And that's fine. I, I don't really want it any other way. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, like I said, I didn't want to work full time. So having a massive audience is not going to help me get my goals of having a bit more of a chill life. Um, objectively, of course, I can see the slow growth, but it doesn't give you the same dopamine hit as social media, which feels so frantic in comparison. And I was saying this to a friend the other day, who's a fellow business owner. And she was like, well, they were designed that way. And it's like, ah, yes, it's not quite our fault. Like we shouldn't blame ourselves for this. That is how social media was designed. Anyway, long story short, I was thinking about all of this, basically reminding myself the things that I know to feel true and be true about evergreen and slow marketing. And I was jotting them down. And then I thought, this might be something that you might need to hear now too. So I sort of pushed aside some of my other plans for podcast episodes to record this week and thought I'm going to record this sort of from the heart episode instead. So I really hope that this helps if you're feeling overwhelmed with your marketing, sometimes I just feel like I've got all the ideas and I have nowhere to start, or you have no ideas at all at the moment, also been there, or just if you feel like me and feel like you're not doing it right and nothing's happening. So this is sort of a little pep talk episode for you and I hope it helps. So the first thing that I'd like you to remember is people are listening. Believe me, I know that it feels like they're not. And I can't tell you the number of times I've thought no one is really listening to a podcast episode that I've put out. So, you know, ease my anxiety if you've listened to this and send me a message so I know that someone's listening. I feel it most often with the book podcast I co-host, Better Words. And, you know, I'll also leave a link to that in the show notes, because if you like books, then we do have some really amazing authors on there in the archives and also coming up in our new season. Anyway, we'll interview authors on Better Words and, you know, 
I'll feel like we had so much fun doing it. For us, that's the point. It's a hobby. It's fun. It's an excuse to chat to authors we admire, right? We're proud of this content that we put out. But every now and again, someone will tag us in a comment on Instagram or tag us in a story saying they bought a book because they heard an interview we did. And that just makes our day. Once one of my friends was looking at a book on Amazon and saw that someone had mentioned in the review that they bought this book and loved it after listening to Better Words. And I just like, that is amazing to me. That is exactly what I want. And, you know, I was feeling this way a little bit with content, etc., because I haven't been promoting it that much. Um, you know, even though I've been putting out regular episodes, not been promoting it heaps on Instagram. But, you know, then I got a message on Instagram from someone who said that they had just discovered it and enjoyed the latest episode. And, you know, the funny thing is they didn't just send this to me out of the blue saying, hey, I think you're doing a great job. We were chatting about something. I think I'd replied to something they put on their stories. So the second thing to remember is that it is much better to have something and to do something and tweak it than just to not do anything at all. So... Obviously, I'm talking about this in terms of your website copywriting, your marketing, um, but you can apply it to so many parts of your life and your business. And I share this because it came up recently in a debrief call for a copy edit client. So the copy edit is my new website auditing service, and I also rewrite bits of copy for you. And we follow that up with a debrief call, chat over any extra questions, any things that come up from the report. But the thing that I really wanted this business owner to know was that her website copy was fine before. There was nothing wrong with it. Anything that I suggested was purely to make it even better, to make it work harder for her. And what I said was it's so much better that she had done that, that she'd written the copy, even though she wasn't 100% sure of it, and she got it up online and then as her business grew and changed, she changed her website. Yes, she was wanting me to make sure it was cohesive, that the messages were clear after a couple of pivots in her business, but it was so much better to do it and get something out there than waiting until she had everything all figured out and everything perfect. Because of course, we know there's no such thing as perfect, but in terms of your website and your marketing strategy, you are literally missing out on time to grow your SEO, to share your messaging and refine it. Often it's not until you actually share these things till you actually write them down and published it and sat with it for a while that you can refine it even more and get the words to match the heart of what you really want to share. And I took this approach recently with the sales page for the copy edit service actually I published what I felt was good enough and conveyed what I wanted, but I know that I'll update that with some fresh copy, with some fresh words and testimonials and messaging after I get real feedback from the clients who've experienced the edit. But in the meantime, the page is there for you to browse. There's a link in the show notes, of course, and it means that I can talk about it and direct you to it and imagine 
how much I would be, I would not be talking about it if I didn't have somewhere to send you to look at it. And I just know I would be missing out on those opportunities. So I'm choosing to see that as a positive allowing people to go and check it out and look at it and see if it's for them rather than me waiting until I've got everything absolutely perfect. Hello, I am briefly popping in, interrupting myself to share a little bit about my new service, the Copy Edit. This is a detailed audit of your website words combined with thoughtful suggested copy rewrites in your brand voice. So you can feel really confident that your website is the home of your business with copywriting that nurtures your dream people. It's perfect for you if you've written your own copy or if you've pivoted your business over a few years and wanna make sure that the messaging is really cohesive, speaking to the right people. I look through your main website pages and your sales pages and product descriptions and give really thoughtful feedback on what's working and where things can be improved and then this is my favorite thing, I will rewrite sections of your website. Now, these are of course just suggestions, so you can use it as a starting point for the things that you wanna change on the website. But my aim with this, as one of my lovely clients literally said she did, is that you can copy and paste these updates to your website. So my client said that the voice and the wording of the rewrites felt so spot on that she just was able to put them straight on the website and update it without any stress. I wanna help you create a website that's nurturing your audience and helping you sell. The process for a copy edit is simple. You book, you fill out the questionnaire, and within a week, I'll send you a detailed report with all my recommendations and then we'll meet virtually for a debrief call where you can quiz me about all the aspects of the report, ask any other questions or get my feedback on any updates you've made. So if you head to the episode notes, you'll find a link to book your own copy edit and I'll include a link to a blog post where I share extracts from a real life edit so you can get a feel for what's involved and what to expect. Now back to the episode. So the third thing to remember is that it is absolutely okay to be inconsistent. And I feel like there are so many people who are really big in the marketing world who talk about how you need to be consistent, how that's like the number one thing. You need emails weekly and blogging weekly or daily or podcasting weekly without fail. And yeah, I have no doubt that creating consistently gives you a big volume of content over time, which increases your reach, increases your audience, and therefore your potential clients. It absolutely strategically makes sense. But, but it's just not achievable for a lot of us in the wash of everyday life. And so many people who are creating content consistently have a team of people around them. They are outsourcing podcast editing, outsourcing the repurposing of that content in a million different ways. They might have people writing content for them, posting to social media and making sure they can jump on and respond to trends. That's absolutely fine, but it is impossible to have that same level of content when you are doing it yourself and trying to actually work with clients or make products and trying to parent or socialize or just live life without feeling burnt out or working a million hours a day, which I certainly don't want to do. 
So this is sort of linked to my previous point of doing something is better than nothing, because if sending emails on a weekly-ish basis or posting inconsistently on social media is the only way you can get it done, then that is better in my book than not doing it at all. And it's so much better to inconsistently post something that's great quality than rushing out stuff just because. And yes, it's not best practice or the most strategic, but you and I are only human and we can only do so much. And I do think that marketing shouldn't be something that you hate in your business or something that's a massive hurdle. I think you can also make it fit in around the time you have. I'm doing a lot of marketing stuff at the moment because I am not working on a lot of client work. So I have time to do that. And when my life gets busy, I scale back the marketing and I focus only on one or two things. You can make it work around your life and your circumstances, not what other people say is the absolute best thing to do because that might not work for you. And actually it was Joe Hooper who said in the podcast that I recorded with her um, and released at the end of last year, linked in the show notes, of course, um, that if it's not good for you, then it's not good for your business. And that is absolutely true. If it is something that bothers you, that you want to be more consistent and you want to gain traction through consistency, even if it's just so that you yourself can get into the habit of doing it, like me walking the dog every day, um, then I would say pick just one thing to focus on. Focus your energy on that and allow the other things to be inconsistent. So for example, me, email is like my basic, like I really want to send an email every week unless things are absolutely dire. Um, And when I have time, it might be like the podcast as well or blogging. And then, as I said, when I get busy, I'll scale that back and just focus on email. Because also the other thing to remember with the whole consistency thing is, yes, you might reach more people, but your dream people have lives as well. And they don't have time to obsessively consume every single thing you create. So don't worry if you are inconsistent, because it is absolutely not the end of the world. And it doesn't mean that your business won't work. And on that note, the fourth thing to remember is that strategy is very helpful. But being your human self is what makes lasting connections in your business. So again, maybe this feels like a bit of weird advice coming from someone whose business in part relies on helping other people be more strategic, but genuinely being human is so much more powerful in your business and like honestly just life in general. I'm sure you've heard the saying that people buy from people and it's true. So strategy can take you some of the way, but actually being a human works so much better than any marketing playbook. No one wants to feel like when they find you online, you're like eyeing them off as a next like lead or target or someone that you're just going to try and get money out of. Like it doesn't matter if you're inconsistently sharing, but what you're sharing is brimming like with your values and your voice and your unique brand story and you. You know, when I connect with business owners online and stuff, I really want, I I really hope that you feel like what you see is what you get with me because I I just can't do it any other way. Um, Even if that means that, you know, sometimes I am a bit too emotional. Sometimes I do wear my heart on my sleeve. And, you know, I was actually saying to someone the other day, I've just been watching The Traders Australia and um, after loving the UK season 
And at the end of that, I was just like, oh my God, I could never be a trader. Like I just couldn't do it. I cannot keep a secret and I'm a terrible liar. And I just, you know, mainly terrible liar because I feel awful about it as well. So for me, human connection with people is at the heart of what I want to do in business. But when you are doing your marketing as well, like I said, being a human works so much better than just following a marketing strategy, especially in the age of, you know, chat GPT and AI, because they can spill out all the tips and tricks and stuff in an instant, but they can't replace your experiences, your opinions, your stories, your way of talking and being. And that is the power of your small business. You're the person behind it. Um, Again, some copy edits I've done lately, a lot of my recommendations have been put yourself on your homepage because you're handmaking every one of these products. And that is the superpower of your business that you are making them. It's not the same as going into a store and, and buying something that's been manufactured in a factory, like you, you should own that and you should be proud of it because that is what people want. They're searching for that human connection. So whether you're handmaking your products or delivering a service one-to-one, I just think it's so important to just be yourself as much as you can, just be human. And it's great if you can do strategy stuff as well. It's really great if you can do both. That's like cherry on top but you know don't stress so much about the strategy if you are being yourself so the fifth thing to remember is that it's not too late to start and it feels like it sometimes doesn't it like if only I'd started this podcast earlier I'd have so many more customers but that is not entirely true like yes it's true to some extent that a lot of things have traction over time Um, And you might not be in the same place as other people, but that's okay because you are living your life and running your business in your own way. And you can start something today and still have growth in your own beautiful form at your own pace. Just because there are thousands of other people doing, you know, whatever thing here already doesn't mean there isn't space for you to approach it in your own unique way. And the sixth thing to remember is you will always do your best work when you filter out what everyone else is doing and focus instead on what works for you. So this is a big one for me. This is like a big revelation (laughs) because like classic people pleaser and, you know, comparison trap person over here. But I had this moment recently with the copy edit where I received some really lovely feedback from a client and I just thought, oh my God, yes, like I created something I enjoy doing because I really do get into this flow when I'm doing it. And it's something that I feel confident about because it's all my skills, my best things. And it's something that actually helps people. And I don't think it would have been possible if I'd been looking at what other people were doing and trying to do what I thought might be best. Instead, I really followed my gut on putting this service together. And it was such a nice boost because I do look at other people and I mean, I think we all do wonder if they're better at this or, you know, have they got more, you know, spark than I do, you know, is their voice better? I mean, that's just very, you know, writer specific. Um, But It's so natural to compare yourself, especially on social media, because everybody else is putting out their highlight reels, you know, myself included. It's just what social media is. 
But when you try to ignore that, as hard as it is, and just follow your own ideas and the things that you enjoy, you do end up doing the work that you're proudest of. And, you know, when I'm doing a copy edit for a client, I find myself like so easily slipping into this state of flow where I feel so absorbed in the work and it makes me so happy to do. And then when I get to do the debrief call with them and like actually see the change and hear how it's helped them. It just makes me so happy, but it's just taken me so much trial and error and different offers in my business to truly feel that way when I sit down to do something for my business. And I know that it's because I approached this offer in my own way and have kind of bought in my own blend of copywriting and marketing knowledge, but also all this editing knowledge from you know, the diploma I did in postgraduate studies and all my experience as a journalist, like it brings all of it together in the way that only, hopefully only I can in some senses. Every copywriter will have a different set of skills, of course, but it just feels like it fits me and I feel so much more excited about it as well. And I feel excited to talk about it and doesn't feel like a chore to talk about it. Um, Hence why I'm talking about it a lot, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway, so that was the final thing that I sort of wanted to remind myself, remind you. Um, so it feels weird to say, like, let's recap what has been essentially just a chat of a podcast. But to summarize, these are the things that I would love you to remember. So the first thing I want you to remember is that people are listening. The second thing is that it's better to do something and tweak it than to just not do anything. The third is that it is okay to be inconsistent. The fourth is that strategy is great, but being human is what makes lasting connections. The fifth thing is that it is not too late to start. And the sixth is that you do your best work when you forget what everyone else is doing and just do what works for you. So like I said at the start, I've just recorded something essentially that I really needed to hear, but I do hope that it's been helpful for you too. It's been quite cathartic to record all of that and share that with you. And, you know, if you're feeling the same way, if you felt a little bit, um, I guess, pressured to do things in a different way and stuff, like feel free to send me a message, ironically on Instagram, because I do love chatting on there. This is why I don't want to completely delete the app. I do love the connections that I have with people on there. What I don't like is basically looking at the feed and the the, the feelings it brings up with me. And I know, again, this is 100% a me thing um, that I can sort of work on fixing um, and have some stronger boundaries around things. But, you know, I also am always here for a chat. And, um, you know, if you do let me know you've listened to this episode, that sort of uh, proves that people are listening. (laughs) Um, Anyway, like I said, I just really hope that this maybe has been something that you also needed to hear and that it's helped in a little way. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Content Etc. If you head over to wordbywordstorytelling.com forward slash blog, you'll find a blog version of this episode. There'll be links to anything I've mentioned in this episode in the show notes on your podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by tagging me in your stories on Instagram, where I'm at wordbywordstorytelling. And let me know what your biggest takeaway is from this episode. If you know someone who would enjoy listening to the show, please tell them about it. Word of mouth is still one of the most powerful forms of podcast recommendation. 
Make sure you're following the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it drops.